بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم in the name of Allah the most beneficent the most merciful I testify that there is no true God worthy of worship except Allah and that Muhammad is Allah's true slave and messenger we continue the topic on the salah described and this is class number 8 <coughs> in class number 7 We discussed the recitation of Surah Al-Fatiha That's where we reached And the meaning of the verses And the rulings regarding the recitation itself Then afterwards the person in Salah Recites after the Fatiha another Surah Another Surah Question here Is it recommended to pause between the Fatiha and the next Surah or is it not? There is an opinion, of course, that this is something mustahab. This is recommended. And the opinion goes as follows. That the time for this pause should be equivalent to the time of reciting the Fatiha. And therefore, it's going to be a little bit lengthy. However, the correct opinion that this pause should be short pause. And having a long pause equivalent to that of the recitation of the Fatiha, the time taken by the Imam to recite the Fatiha is closer to the innovation more than to the Sunnah because it's a lengthy pause and had the Prophet ﷺ done it then the companions would have asked him about it as Abu Huraira anhu asked concerning his pause between takbir and recitation so therefore the correct opinion that this pause is Yasir is slight And There are certain benefits in this From that is <clears throat> Number one Distinguishing between The obligatory recitation And the recommended one Distinguishing Through this pause Between the Recommended And the fard The obligatory recitation And the <coughs> Recommended recitation This is the first benefit The second benefit So that the person Takes his breath His breath returns to him Thirdly To allow The ma'moom The one being led in the salah To recite the fatiha Fourthly It may be that the Imam may have not prepared meaning mentally what to recite after the Fatiha so this will give him a contemplation time as to what to recite after the Fatiha these are some of the benefits which our Shaykh Muhammad Musalih al-Uthaymin rahimahullah ta'ala mentioned 
concerning this slight pause. Then so he recites, then, then he recites a surah. Then he recites a surah after the Fatiha, as mentioned earlier. And in accordance with the opinion of the majority of the scholars, that this recitation of this surah is not obligatory, is not obligatory, rather than it's a sunnah. Now, should the person recite a complete surah other than the Fatiha, or parts of a surah, certain verses from certain surahs, the sunnah is to, and this is the best, is to recite a surah, a complete one, in each rakah. However, if it's difficult on the person, then he may divide the surah between two rakahs. He may divide the surah between two rakahs. Half in each one. Half in each one. Because the Prophet ﷺ one day recited Surah Al-Mu'minun قَدْ أَفْلَحَ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ Surah 23 until he reached the story of Musa and Harun in the same Surah where then he was taken by a cuff so he made rukur. So this is evidence that it is permissible to divide the surah, especially if it is needed. Especially if it is needed. Now the surah, as you know, may contain a basmala in the beginning, as all the chapters of the Qur'an except for Surat At-Tawbah but if he receive, if he starts the recitation from within the Surah itself then he should not read the Basmala now what's to recite in the different five obligatory prayers In this way, we should remember, or in this, or regarding this matter, we should remember the recitations of the Prophet ﷺ. In the Fajr prayer, the Prophet ﷺ used to read from the long surahs of what is known as Al-Mufassal part of the Quran The long chapters Of the Mufassal Part of the Quran The lengthy ones Of the Mufassal What is the Mufassal? Mufassal means The last Seventh of the Quran 
the last seventh of the Quran. And it starts from Surah Qaf, chapter 50, to the last Surah of the Quran, and this is Surah An-Nas, chapter 114. Chapter 114. This is the Mufassal. And it's called Mufassal because of the many chapters, and the many chapters there are short ones. So in the Fajr prayer, the recitation is from the longest of the Mufassal. And now we know the Mufassal starts from Qaf until Surat, the longest starts from Surat Qaf until Surat An-Naba'. From Surat Qaf, this is 50 to Surat An-Naba 78 this is the longest which is known as Tiwalul Mufassal Tiwal Al-Mufassal now this is the longest so what is the medium the Mufassal is three, three parts the longest and the longest is from Qaf chapter 50 chapter 50 until 78 the medium of the Mufassal is from 78 to Surat Al-Duha 93 from 78 to Surat Al-Duha number 93 this is the medium of the Mufassal. From Amma, from Surah Al-Naba' until Al-Duha. And the short, the shortest is from Surah Al-Duha 93 to the end of the Quran. From 93 to the end of the Quran, to Surah Al-Nas. 114. So this is the Mufassal. This is the Mufassal. It's segmented into three parts. First part is the longest from Qaf 50 to 78. The second is the medium from 78 till 93. And the third is the shortest and that's from 93 to An-Nas. Now, in the Fajr prayer, therefore, the recitation is from Tiwal al-Mufassal, from the longest of Mufassal. And the reason is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala stated the Qur'an in reference to Salat al-Fajr, describing it in Surah al-Isra, in chapter 17, verse 78, in his saying, Subhanahu wa Taala, "أقم الصلاة لدلوك الشمس إلى غسق الليل وقرآن الفجر وقرآن الفجر إن قرآن الفجر كان مشهودا." Establish the salah from midday till the darkness of the night, 
This refers to the Dhuhr, the Asr, Maghrib and Isha. And recite the Quran in the early dawn, the morning prayer. Verily the recitation of the Quran in the early dawn is ever witnessed, attended by the angels in charge of mankind of the day and the night. Now, here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala referred to the Salah, referred to it by Al-Quran, indicating that the Quran should comprise most of the Salah. And it is as such. And that's why Salatul Subh remained two rak'ah, unlike the four rak'ahs in Dhuhr, Asr, and Isha. It remained two, but the Dhuhr, Asr, and Isha were increased to four. Now, in the Maghrib prayer, the recitation is from the shortest of the Mufassal. In the Maghrib prayers, the recitations should be from the shortest of the Mufassal, meaning from Al-Duha, which is 93, to Surat An-Nas to chapter 114 and in the rest of the prayers the recitations are from the medium of the Mufassal meaning from Surat An-Naba chapter 78 till Surat Al-Duha 93 and the evidences is from the Sunnah, this is what's mostly done by the Prophet ﷺ in action. Sometimes he ﷺ used to recite from the shortest in Salat al-Fajr, sometimes. And sometimes in the Maghrib, he used to recite from the longest, At one time he recited Surat Az-Zalzala in Salat al-Fajr. He recited it twice. And this is chapter 99. And at one time he, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, recited Surat al-A'raf chapter 7 in the Maghrib prayer. Also, with Surat At-Tur, chapter 52. And sometimes, at one time, he also recited Surat Al-Mursalat, Surat Al-Mursalat, chapter 77. So, so therefore, the Imam should most of the times recite in accordance with the action of the Prophet ﷺ most of the times as described and sometimes it is permissible for him to read from lengthy chapters and sometimes therefore he may also choose short 
surahs in Fajr prayer, sometimes. And in the rest of the surahs, to read from the medium, as the Prophet ﷺ directed Mu'adh bin Jabal to read in Salat al-Isha, to read Surah Al-A'la, chapter 87, and Surah Al-Ghashiya, chapter 88, and Surah Al-Shams, Surah 91. And so this indicates that this is the best. Question, is it permissible for the person to recite the surah in two rak'ah, the same surah in two rak'ahs, meaning repeating it twice. The answer is yes, and the evidence is that from the action of the Prophet ﷺ, in that he read surah al-zalzala, إِذَا زُلْزِلَتِ الْأَرْضُ زِلْزَالَهَا which is chapter 99, He repeated it in two rakahs, completely reciting it in each rakah. Someone may say that maybe the Prophet ﷺ forgot because it is not from his habit to repeat the surahs. And the answer is the possibility of forgetfulness is there. However, the possibility that this is that this repetition is tashri' is legislation to the ummah to make it known to the ummah that this is permissible preponderates the opinion regarding forgetfulness because in origin the fi'l the action of the prophet is legislated is legislating and had he forgotten he would have been reminded and so therefore to say that this is a legislative matter is closer to the truth now is it permissible to read in the opposite order is it permissible to read in the opposite order one opinion is that this is permissible and the evidence is in the hadith of Hudayfa ibn al-Yaman may Allah be pleased with him and it is in Sahih Muslim that the Prophet alayhi salatu wasalam stood in the night and then he recited Surah Al-Baqarah then An-Nisa and An-Nisa is chapter 4 then Al-Imran and Al-Imran is chapter 3 and this is not in accordance with the known order and so they said that the action of the Prophet ﷺ is evidence for permissibility. The other opinion is that this is disliked, makruh, and this is based 
on the argument that the Sahaba, may Allah be pleased with them, put the Mus'haf upon which they were almost in, uh, they were unanimous in the, during the time of Uthman bin Affan, they put it in the order we have. So therefore we should not deviate from their consensus because they are our Salaf, our predecessors and our leaders. And this is from the Sunnah of the Khalifa al-Rashid, Uthman bin Affan. May Allah be pleased with him and we are commanded to follow him. And also, it is disliked because reading in the opposite order may confuse the common Muslims and may be belittle the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when the people see that it is read in opposite manners. However, to say that opinion is makruh, is disliked, requires examination. From one angle, to say that the Sahaba are all unanimously agreed on this order, this is not the case because in some of the companions' copies there are orders different from the order we know of, for example, the Mus'haf of Ibn Mas'ud, the Mus'haf of Ibn Mas'ud. On the other hand, concerning the first opinion, the recitation of the Prophet والسلام, as in the hadith of Hudayfa, reading Surah An-Nisa before Al-Imran, reading chapter, reciting chapter 4 before chapter 3, this could be before the last encounter of Jibreel with the Prophet because we know that Jibreel والسلام, used to come to the Prophet والسلام, with the Quran in each Ramadan. So this, mean, this may indicate <coughs> that introducing An-Nisa before Al-Imran, this could be before the last ordering upon which the Sahaba were almost in agreement concerning the order. So this is the examination of the two opinions and our Shaykh Rahimahullah argues that the order between the surahs, some of it is tawqifi, restricted by revelation and some of it is ijtihadi meaning due to the exertion of the efforts by the companions. So therefore, whatever is brought by the Sunnah, like the order, 
like the order between Surah Al-Jumu'ah and the Munafiqeen and between Surah Al-A'la and Surah Al-Ghashiyah this is of the restricted nature because the Prophet ﷺ recited Al-Jumu'ah before reciting Al-Munafiqun and he recited and he recited Al-Ghashiyah after Al-A'la recited Al-Ghashiyah 88 after 87 so this is this ordering this ordering is of the restricted type and whatever is not brought by the sunnah then this is from the ijtihad of the companions and if many in their ishtihad are in agreement then this would be closer to the truth and as a final reminder concerning this matter I would like to refer you to the site where you can find therein an article entitled the recitations of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam other than the Fatiha in Salah where we spoke about the term Mufassal and its three types and then we tabulated the recitations of the Prophet in each Salah in Fajr, in Dhuhr, in Asr, in Maghrib, in Isha, in Jumu'ah and also in the Eid so you may refer to that table with the references therein and inshallah ta'ala it will be beneficial walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen wa sallallahu ala muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam and this brings therefore the end of this chapter number 8 on the salah described on the 9th of the 18th of jamad al-akhir 1426 after the hijrah of the prophet alayhi salatu wa sallam